We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mike's on. He's ready to go. On the fan. New York Sports Radio. Mike's on. Mike's on. All right, we come to you a little after 6 on this uh, July 6th. Take you right up until 7 o'clock. Brought to you by Casamigos Tequila, as always. Brought to you by those who drink it. And as we get past the 4th of July weekend and head towards what everyone hopes is the start of these team sports in late July, more and more every day, it is not a coincidence that team executives... League executives, owners continue to hint and present and make public their problems. If you notice, they're not quietly, you know, whispering to each other, boy, you know, hey, we got to get this testing under control. They're making statements about, hey, we're failing in our testing. We've had to close things. We left them at the airport. We didn't do the testing right. We did the left the tests here. We had bad people doing the tests. We did we messed the tests up. We did. so they are admitting their mistakes publicly. And to me, it's not a coincidence that they're doing that. What it shows me is they are laying a groundwork in case they decide to pull the plug. In the next couple of days, there's been rumors that at least one college football league, and I think the Ivy may move first, will move to the spring. They may be followed by others. The NFL all along has had an ability to back up their league. They can do that with just a snap of a finger. And as we get closer, and you get now within... A reasonable amount of time. I mean, baseball is supposed to start on the 23rd, the night of the 23rd with the Yankees and the Nationals. Today's July 6th. That's 17 days away. And some teams have done, haven't been able to even open up a camp yet. And they can't get their protocols down. And you even had now an executive say, hey, if we can't do better, we got to shut it down. You've had... Adam Silver, who is a big part of this whole thing and has been from the beginning, make the statement that, hey, there's another side to this. We can't shut it down. Testing is not there. 
We have major breakouts in places where they hope to really be safeguarded. In the cities where they hope to be safeguarded, they are now worried. They have, out, they have surges in cities where they hope they would be safe. You have more and more players spreading nothing but doubt and concern. Marquette gets knocked out because of what's going on with Freddie Freeman. More players hint. There's been hints about major, major stars, including Trout, who's in the news today because Mahomes' contract passed Trout as the biggest contract in history, uh, the biggest team sports contract. If you add Mahomes' is all up, it beats Trout by a couple of a million dollars. The difference is Trout's is all guaranteed. We don't know to the extent yet until somebody reads it what the what the number is where Mahomes' new contract, which will give him somewhere around $426 million over the lifetime of the contract, uh, how much of it is guaranteed, we're not sure yet. Obviously, there's a good amount of it guaranteed, probably north of 50%, I would think. But it may even be more than that with a player of this magnitude. Remember, this is the first player ever to win the Super Bowl and the MVP. The first quarterback to ever, ever win the Super Bowl and the MVP under the age of 25. So you're dealing with someone who has come in the league, put up 76 touchdowns, 18 interceptions in the regular season, put up 13-2 and in the postseason, win a Super Bowl from behind, do everything that you could ask him to do, break records in the regular season, put on big performances in the postseason. So he's lived his part, and he's obviously been handsomely rewarded for it and should be. Listen, Kansas City can't think about a day without uh, Mahomes, and they won't. Now they don't have to. But the biggest story at this moment is, There's not one of these leagues right now where you could say tonight with any certainty that you are sure they are going to open on the date that they expect to open. You cannot guarantee any of them right now. There's issues everywhere. There's player doubt that has been voiced, which gets louder by the day. You see players go down. You see teams shut down. You see players abdicate. You have executives questioning the process. They admit they don't have the protocol down. And we haven't even started yet. And they're going into many places where they have major problems. Florida. Arizona. Texas. California, Georgia, just to name a few. So we're now here 17 days away from the start of the baseball season. Tomorrow the baseball season, or either tonight or tomorrow, they're going to release the entire uh, schedule. But am I convinced right now on the 6th that they are absolutely going to play? I'm not. I'm not. Which one of the leagues do you feel has a better chance of starting? Not even sure about that one. NFL doesn't count, obviously. The other three are what we're talking about. Not even sure about that. I've said from the beginning that 
shutting it down will be much more difficult than not starting. Not starting is an option. Shutting it down will not be a consideration unless they have just a crisis the likes of which they cannot handle, where they're basically told by every city they play in and every state they play in. Because let's be honest, the federal government has basically taken a pass on this. So this is now a state-to-state issue. So the states will say, or the cities will say, hey, you're not playing here. Once that happens in one of those states or one of those cities, it's over. Well, what do you mean we're not playing here? Well, our, our hospital's overrun, so we can, what do you want us to do? Or the players deem it's not safe. And clearly, you have players now voicing that every day. And starting to voice it in louder and louder terms. And you have executives now voicing it. And owners now voicing it. And commissioners now laying doubt. Golf this weekend, DeChambeau. You know, DeChambeau, everyone has made a big deal about because of his scientific approach to the sport. The fact that he's different and has been different for years. The fact that he's not overly popular with some of the other players because of some of the things he does. But he has this year come out and put a premium on power. He bulked up dramatically and he has played up to that level. Now, this was a tournament where there were not a lot of top players in it, but he overpowered it. And he's overpowering the golf ball. He's driving it to uh, extreme numbers, and he's playing the game around it. And he has been incredibly consistent. He has been in the top eight in the last eight tournaments, which is impressive. Now let's see what he does in the majors. Do I think he's the best player in the world? No, but I think he has become incredibly dangerous and incredibly consistent. And he is now a major factor. He belongs right now, right there with Kepka, And with Rory or DJ when they're on their game or anybody else you wanted to put at the top of the sport. He belongs right there right now. And has to be considered a forward factor in every one of these tournaments coming off the win. If you notice the Memorial now, no fans. They go from fans to no fans. See, clearly, already we have seen, in the last 10 days, we have seen some sports take a step backwards. Progress we thought we had made, we're not so sure we've made it now. And playing in uncertainty, I think, is rising. It's not decreasing, it's rising. Does that mean that we're going to get shut down? No, it doesn't mean that. It means that it is very much up in the air. And that is where we are right now. And every day brings another day of uncertainty. And every day brings another day about some state making a statement, some league making a statement, some sport making a statement. Ivy getting ready to go in the spring with football. That could happen as early as tomorrow. Does that lead everybody to follow suit? I don't think there's any way college football is ready to play. I think if they have the sport this year, I think it will be played starting. Maybe they start in December. Maybe they start in November. Maybe they start in January. I'm not sure, but I think that's more likely than they start in a couple of weeks. 
Nothing is guaranteed here on July 6th. If you thought something would be by July 6th, nothing is guaranteed here by July 6th. Except that we still have a whole lot more that we just don't know about. And still have a lot of concern, a lot of question marks, and a lot of things to answer. And baseball showed over the weekend, I mean... Testing problem or after testing problem after testing problem after testing malfunction. Not a good look. By their own admission, not a good look. So, the time now, drawing near. The questions, getting louder. The uncertainty growing. Back after this. On Every League's Got Issues, let's get to the NBA's with NBA insider Brian Gelsiler. Brian, welcome. How are you? I'm good, Mike. How you doing, pal? All right. Nothing's assured right now. Everybody's uh, got plenty of doubt, got plenty of players raising doubt, got issues everywhere. On a percentage basis, how sure are you that the NBA starts? Oh, I I would say I would give you 90% the NBA starts. Even in Orlando, with, even with the Orlando issues, even with the Orlando issues, I, I think right now what the NBA is doing is they are looking to find as many possible solutions, and if they're financial, they're financial, but as many possible solutions as they can to make sure that there is a lot of integrity in that bubble, and they're going to try to tighten up that bubble before they abandon this plan. There's been a lot of money invested already. There's a lot of money at stake here for both the networks and the league. And I think the league is going to try to seal up this bubble the best they can to be able to do this. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. They're going to start, Mike. The questions become, can they finish? Um, player, You're seeing baseball players start to break rank strongly. We've had some NBA players break rank. Where are the NBA players right now? The NBA players are pretty solidified right now in being there. First of all, I think when you look around the league and the amount of positive tests, we hear about the positive tests, but really it's not an enormous amount with what you're looking at. You're looking at a situation where you have 25, 26 players out of 320 guys tested. So you're not over the top in terms of positive tests. And the players look at this like, hey, we're going to go in and give it a shot. I think for, it's a lot harder for guys like Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal who are star players on teams that have no chance to go anywhere. Guys like Giannis and LeBron and Kawhi Leonard, and even to a lesser extent, the Hardens and the Westbrooks of the world, who are trying to go out there and prove something here and maybe give themselves a chance at making a run. Those guys are, they're going to go do it. They are ready to go and they want to go compete. It's those other guys who are on teams that have absolutely no chance to do anything that are, are, that are, those are the guys that really are having a very hard time. Bradley Beal said at this point, he said over the weekend, he's undecided right now. Now listen, I think he ends up there ultimately, but Lillard didn't want to go and was outward about it for a long time. Those spots are the toughest, Mike. All right, the NBA has spent uh, uh, estimates of over $150 million on the bubble. Um, They got very unlucky. Florida exploded afterwards. Uh, Orlando's a hot spot. Florida's an incredible hot spot. Uh, How big an issue is the Florida issue to the NBA? Well, I I think that you're absolutely right. They got very unlucky, and I think it's a really big issue right now to everybody. I think if they were going to a location 
where you, you did not have this kind of record spike in cases, I think that everybody would feel a little bit better about that. I think the fact is, is that has been something that is a lot of people are taking trepidation with. And the players that are nervous, that's a big thing that they're nervous about. And again, it comes back to what I said earlier. It makes it all that much more, more important to tighten the bubble. The problem is, is that you do to a certain extent. Yeah, you'll have security there, Mike, but you are expecting people to police themselves. And that, as we've seen in this world, can be a scary thing. And, and that's where the NBA certainly runs the risk. Because the other part of this plan that you've got to remember is that, at least as of right now, they've committed halfway through this thing when they're down to eight teams and allowing family members in. So you're, you're, it's, as much as it's this bubble, once you start with that, then things can, you know, think when you're bringing outside people who haven't been in there, as opposed to just peeling people off and sending them out, you're running a huge risk that people are going to bring things in, even with quarantine and testing and all of it. That, to me, I'm more nervous about that in terms of finishing than anything else. Talking with Brian uh, Gelsiler, NBA. Now, the NBA has probably been, in terms of tone, from their commissioner on down, the best league of all. They've been the smartest. They've had the best. Uh, they're better with social media. All true. But they made one of the biggest colossal blunders, and they continue to compound it. That back of the jersey thing was the dumbest idea in the history of mankind. I said it from day one. And now they, rather than put it away, where they even have players saying drop it, they now are going to work off a list and you can only choose one of the expressions, that by itself defeats the whole purpose of doing it, having to choose from a ready-made list. When does the NBA finally admit this was a colossal blunder? I don't think that they're going to, and and, and I think it's going to end up happening this way because ultimately I, I think that if the, if the Players Association has agreed and they've agreed, and to my understanding they, they have, I don't think the league's going to worry about the look. To out, as long as the players' association's on board, the league's going to stay on board with this, Mike. Nightmare. I think that's going to be this. This, this is one that's going to. This is going to be the problem that keeps on giving. It has been already, and it will be. It continues, and now you have players admitting it's a farce because you have to choose from one of the ready-made expressions. How is it freedom of expression if you have to choose from a ready-made expression? Yeah, it's tough, Mike. I can't, I can't totally disagree with you there. And, and there certainly was a different way to go about it. But for right now, this is what it's going to be. I mean, listen, could they loosen it at one point? Here's the one thing I'll tell you. Adam Silver, and you know Adam, Mike, he's not deaf to this stuff. And, and if Adam, he will reexamine the situation. And Adam is not shy about saying he's wrong when he does believe that he's wrong. And keep one thing in mind. He did it a couple weeks back. There's, a, there's this controversy going on with the coaches that are older. Right. Pop, but specifically D'Antoni and Alvin Gentry, because D'Antoni's in the last year of a contract. Right. 69 years old, wants to keep coaching. And Alvin Gentry may or may not stay with the Pelicans, depending upon what happens in this bubble. And at 65 years old, if he's disqualified from coaching and they start again next season without fans and Corona's still around, you're going to keep these guys from getting jobs. So there's that, and, and Adam kind of spoke out on that, and he had to double back a couple of days later and say, no, no, wait, and Warren Lagari, their agent, came at Adam pretty aggressively, and Adam absolutely admitted that he misspoke there. This could be a similar situation if, it get, if there gets to be a lot of heat. What's the biggest obstacle to you? Is it Orlando and the health concern there? Do they have the ability to move to a different city if they have to? I don't think so. I think the logistics are a disaster. When you look at what goes into having who's staying where, 
making sure you have the staff, making sure that I mean you, that you have wall testing protocols and a building kind. You got you know you have logistics here, Mike, where you got to map out a building in terms of where people are coming in, where temperatures being taken. You know, you and obviously these are closed to other people that are not there, but nonetheless. You have to have logistics in your building all straightened out where there's proper distance from the people that are working there, from the people that are staying there. So I don't know that all that stuff just comes together with a week, two weeks planning. I think the fact is, is that this is going to be in Orlando for better, for worse. And I think the NBA is going to try to cut their way through it. Because remember one other thing, Mike. The reason it's in Orlando is because Disney wants it in Orlando. No question. And no question. wants it in Orlando. And you know what? They're going to want to push their way through and are not going to want to move. And I think for the NBA, I don't even know that that's on their radar. Because, listen, ESPN here, and the NBA has had a longstanding relationship with them. TV deal is going to come due again in a couple of years. And Turner and Disney have to be taken care of in all this. No question. And I think once they start, they probably finish. The question is, do they start? And I agree. Of the leagues, I think they are the most likely league to start play. I still believe that, that they are the most likely league to start play because of the way they're set up. Uh, I, I do, I would, I would put them first right now. I'd put them ahead of baseball and hockey right now at, at, at this juncture. I wouldn't call it 100%. Uh, you put it at 90, which is pretty strong. Uh, I know their motivation is to do it, but here's the, here's the, what someone explained to me from the NBA standpoint. Hey, we got these games going on around the clock and Florida and the Orlando area ratchets up to where it is crisis mode. It's a terrible visual for us. That is, listen, that is certainly going to be a bad visual. There's no doubt about it, but but it's, I kind of feel like they look at that as, you know, collateral damage from trying to make sure that they finish this thing. It's funny, Mike, because I look at them. See, I feel like they're hell-bent on starting. They are going to start this. My large concern is that how are you going to complete a playoff when you have, like, the coronavirus with eight guys on a team at it? Like, I, like, and all of a sudden you have a situation where you're literally flying, you know, G League players into the. Well, listen, you see, in the NBA, the one yeah. thing is you can, it's the one league you'll run out of players. You see, that, that's the thing. If it hits your key starters, there's nothing you can do. At that point, I agree, there's nothing you can do. But they are hell bent on finishing if they start. All these leagues are. Yeah. They all are because they know the, what, the, what, the, what the downside is of stopping. Uh, but they're the yeah, ones that are most. Funny, but yes, but but they're most vulnerable to stopping from a player standpoint because they have the fewest players. Right, that's correct. They have the fewest, and if it runs its way through a locker room, it runs its way through guys, and all of a sudden, then what if that happens to a second team? Like I know, I know they're hell bent on finishing. I get that, but the Sanchez could keep them right now with the way things have gone. Listen, they knew when they tested every player a couple weeks in advance there was going to be positive tests. And they set up a system, and so far up till now, they look at the system as it's working. Even, you know, a, 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 even the net situation with Dinwiddie and Jordan, you know what? They both have it. Dinwiddie hasn't ruled out going yet, although I don't think he's going to go. DeAndre Jordan said, I have it, I'm not going. But, yeah, they knew there was going to be guys that way that tested positive. So and none of this has surprised them. So I do. I think they're full steam ahead to get this thing started. And I do think as much as Adam Silver tried to learn from other situations, both good and bad, I think the NBA is a little tunnel visioned here. I think they believe that they have a better way than these other two leagues and that they can get this thing done. Is there any owner who is uh, vehemently opposed to playing? 
Um, I know that the Portland ownership voted was the one ownership team that voted against it when it was 29 to 1. I know that their players didn't want it. Uh, Portland is the one team, and if you look at the players that have been outspoken over the course of the last couple of months, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Carmelo Anthony, there's been a lot coming out of there on why they shouldn't be stepping foot back on a basketball court this season, and Portland did vote against it. Otherwise, I think the owners want it. I think the owners believe that it's – the thing is this, Mike, and you, you walk out in the world every day like I do, okay? In a lot of ways, when Adam Silver says, I think players are going to be safer in the bubble, I don't know that he's necessarily wrong. And, and you see what's happening out in society. We're in the tri-state area right now where as much as things are opening up here – I think maybe people are a little too free and a little too liberal with the way they're opening up. You know what I mean? They are, are seeing people and doing things and are acting like nothing's wrong. And that scares you a little bit. When you talk about guys being in an NBA bubble with all this stuff laid out for them, there's a degree of safety for them. So I get where the NBA is coming from with that in terms of saying, you know what, we're not going to worry about what baseball's doing. We're not going to worry about what hockey's doing. This is our plan. We're sticking to it. What about the close proximity that you need to have in the NBA? That's, Mike, it's an unsolvable problem. It's, guys are going to sweat on each other. Guys are going to defend each other. I think guys that are afraid of it are going to be at a competitive disadvantage. So you'll, you'll get an idea early on who is worried about it and who isn't. I think it, but I also will tell you this. I think when the games do start and we get what they call the seeding games, which is the rest of the regular season, when those games start, I think you're going to see some guys that are a little hesitant early on. It's going to take guys some time to get comfortable with that. You know, because even, even the thing is, you, everybody that's gone into that bubble has been tested and tested negative before they got in there in terms of players, teach, staff on teams, coaching staffs, even media people, everybody. It's the thing you worry about there is the Disney workers coming in and out and, and the, the proper mask wearing, proper social distancing and all that. So the players kind of can have confidence. If they have confidence in the system, they're not going to worry about getting sweat on. But you do have guys that don't have confidence in the system and guys that are going to look to see if they can, I mean, who knows, want to leave for something, bring somebody in you shouldn't bring in. You know, there's, guys do things, Mike. We know that. So I, I, that, that, to me, is where you have some large questions here. And if players see other players do that, their confidence may wane a little bit in allowing a guy to sweat on him a little bit, getting as close as they need to get. In the end, Mike, we're dealing with human beings. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's kind of got a different attitude when it comes to that. But it's going to be really interesting to see who doesn't worry about that and who does. Baseball running the fear right now of having some of their biggest players uh, either voice concern or drop out. Uh, there's been rumors about Mike Trout. Um, anybody in the NBA who fills, fits that bill? No, I don't believe there is right now. I think that even the guys that were closest I mentioned earlier, Lillard and Beal, and even those guys are not of a of the Mike Trout ilk. Um, so, you know, there's, listen, LeBron wants to go there and play. LeBron loves the fact that he's going to get this kind of platform for the social messages he wants to get out there. So that he is going to be there. Giannis Antetokounmpo is 24 years old and has dreamt his whole life of winning an NBA championship, and the opportunity is right there for him. Kawhi Leonard's in the best shape that he's ever been in right now, healthy as healthy could be. These guys want to get out there and play. And I don't think you're going to see NBA guys that are going to bail. I just, the guys that have a chance to go there, they're the competitive aspect of what they're able to do. And Mike, the being able to get the message out in terms of racial equality is so important to a lot to 
in the entire league, but a large majority of these players have a message that they want to get out, and they're going to make sure that they get it out. And I think that's a big part of playing also for these guys. They realize that at a time that our country needs it, they're going to have a platform that they're able to be able to, to, to get out what they want to get out. All right. Thanks, Brian, very much. We'll be in touch. Thanks very much. Appreciate you it. Got it, Mike. My All right. And he talked about them and the social messaging uh, coming out of the NBA and out of the NBA bubble, especially from their Disney headquarters. There's someone else who's going to be involved messaging from Disney. We'll get to that when we come back. Uh, there's Mink doing a uh, little five-second tag, so uh, good to hear Mink. Um, he's, I know he's raking it in from that. Now, I mentioned... What else is going to be there as part of Disney? Kaepernick and his production arm, and Kaepernick has his own production company, Arrow Vision Media. He now has signed a deal to not only do docu-series, he is going to be a massive part of The Undefeated, which is ESPN's owned and operated sports, race, and pop culture website. It's going to be majorly... Uh, it's going to have a major, major agreement and a tremendous amount of latitude there for Kaepernick. Kaepernick will also be involved on ESPN, Hulu, Pixar. He will be involved on every level of the Disney chain, every part of it. He will be part of every part of the Disney enterprise completely. The statement came from Iger. I mean, he now has an incredible voice, an enormous voice, one of the biggest voices of any sports person in American culture now with what he did now and what he has now with, with, with Disney. So if you wonder where Kaepernick was going to land through all this, uh, he stated that he's in good shape and he hasn't gotten any uh, offers yet from NFL teams. I believe that's still going to happen. There have been talk of him signing as a backup in Seattle. That didn't come through. Maybe he doesn't feel he wants to go there because he can't play there. I don't know about that, but I could tell you. Well, maybe he wants to concentrate on this. But with the undefeated, with ESPN, with Hulu, with Pixar, you're going to hear a lot from Kaepernick. A lot in the years to come. Now, the baseball uh, schedule. Here's the Mets schedule. Ready? Uh, 24-26 Atlanta. Then the Red Sox, then at the Red Sox, then home Red Sox, then at the Braves, then at the Nationals, then off, then Marlins home, Nationals home, at the Phillies, at the Marlins, uh, home to the Yankees, off, Marlins at the Yankees, August 31st off, at the Orioles, off, Phillies, Orioles home, September 10th off. At the Blue Jays, September 14th off. At the Phillies, Braves, Tampa, at the Nationals. So basically, hey, you're going to see a handful of teams. Atlanta, Boston, Washington, Miami, the Yankees, Baltimore, the Phillies, and Toronto. That's it. That's it. Do you have the Yankees schedule for me? Not yet? Okay. Well, I know the Yankees open on the 23rd. I haven't seen the rest of theirs yet. But, hey, basically you know what they're doing. You know who's playing whom. They have uh, six off days in the 66 days. Six off days. 
So that's what the Medoff days are the following uh, August 6, August 24, August 31, August, uh, September 3, September 10, September 14. The season ends the 27th of September. Begins on the 24th at home against Atlanta. Uh, and the, right, then after they play Atlanta three games, they will be in Boston and then home to the Red Sox. So they will go Atlanta, Boston, Boston, Atlanta. They will see the Yankees August 21, 22, 23. See the Yankees August 28, 29, and 30. The games at Yankee Stadium will be August 28, 29, 30. Games at, uh, at uh, City Field will be 21, 22, and 23. They close with four games in Washington, 24, 25, 26, 27. Uh, if you're wondering about the toughest schedule, part of the schedule, uh, basically the toughest part of the schedule is the early part through August 6th. That's the, that's the toughest part for the Mets. And then obviously six games with the Yankees, which is never, obviously never, never easy. So that is where we are. I mentioned, for those of you that care, that Mahomes has signed an enormous contract for a 12-year deal, the biggest in the history of sports. Uh, got him just past Trout, although Trout's contract's probably a little more guaranteed because Trout's entire contract is guaranteed. Uh, Mahomes' contract, we don't know the extent yet until we read it, the extent, I would say you can figure that probably 60% of the contract, uh, 60% of the contract is guaranteed, I would think, probably, maybe a little more. You know, in his case, in his case, maybe a little more, but at least that much. So you're talking about at least a couple hundred million dollars uh, or more guaranteed in his case. Uh, So um, not surprising. Uh, at the contract that he will get. We'll get a a chance for a couple of calls here, so we'll slide them in. Get on board right now. If you wish, we'll jump a couple of calls in on this uh, busy Monday night, as we said. And again, um, nothing is guaranteed. Baseball had another rocky day. You know, they continue to have major, major problems with their testing, uh, with getting camps opened, uh, with players being, you know, being very, very concerned and voicing their concern. And some of them are already uh, abdicating, as happened today uh, with Nick Markakis, as an example, uh, after talking to uh, Freddie Freeman, who has it. Okay. You know, so, um, hey, there's still a couple of weeks to go. Was this Yankees? All right, here's the here's, excuse me. Here's the Yankees. Okay, um, at Washington, at Philly, home Philly, home Red Sox, at Orioles, at Rays, home Braves, Red Sox, Rays, at the Mets, at the Braves, home Mets, home Rays, at the O's, at the Jays, home Orioles, home Jays. At the Red Sox, at the Jays, they close with three against the Marlins at home. Off days for the Yankees. August 10, August 14, August 24, August 27, September 3, September 14. August 10, 14, 24, 
27, September 3, September 14, the off days for the Yankees. Everybody gets six off days into the uh, 66 days. Uh, and again, you're playing a handful of teams, all obviously very much in the East. But as you can see, uh, for the Yankees and the Mets, Florida becomes very important because they're going to be there for the you know for the uh, Rays. They're going to be there for the Marlins. They're going to be dealing with those teams a lot. And right now, Florida is, and also Atlanta, the Atlanta mayor just tested positive for the virus. She just tested positive. So now you're talking about Atlanta and you go travel to Atlanta and dealing with that city. And now the mayor of Atlanta has the virus. All right, Jason, and great next thoughts us off. What's up, Jason? Go ahead. Hey, Mike, what's going on? What's happening? Do you, do you think the NBA or NFL kind of runs the risk of turning off a lot of their viewership with, with some of the social uh, justice uh, things that they're trying to do? I mean, if you look at some of the statements, uh, some of the yes, some of the I do. that they I, want to put on, Yes, I do. Listen, listen, I think right now there obviously is a uh, groundswell of that. Clearly, a lot of the, there is a lot of people in the country behind those movements. There's no question. Is everybody behind any movement? No. And that's why what I said about the jersey, I understand the players wanting to express themselves. I have no problems with the players wanting to express themselves. But when they are, and, and I have no problems with them using their celebrity or using, really using anything they, they do, uh, their celebrity, using their popularity, using their money, using their resources, using the team's resources, that's fine. But when you are, and thanks for the call, when you are in uniform, when you are playing the game, to me, the idea is you want everybody to like you. You want everybody to, to buy your product, to be behind your product. You're not trying to alienate anybody. Why are those uniform jerseys going to alienate some people? Yes, they clearly are. So why go there? Why go there? And again, when they're going to be over the top where you have to actually reel them in to the point where you have pre-approved statements – I mean, that's silly. That already defeats the purpose of having it. It shows you that it was a bad idea from the beginning that they can't get out of. Now, okay, the, the two national anthems with the NFL for one week, can everybody, you know, live with that? Sure. Two national anthems on a weekly basis, is that going to annoy some people? Yes, it is. It is. Is that where the NFL wants to go? Well, so be it. They'll go there and they'll see whether it affects their business. It might. It might not. I don't know. We'll find out. Do I think? I think logic dictates not everybody's behind it. So, again, messaging and allowing the players to speak their mind, using NFL resources, Making it, you know, making it a fairer playing field, uh, making it fairer for executives to grow in the NFL and doing all those things. Absolutely. Getting, uh, the economy of the NFL behind it. Absolutely. But the game itself to me should be apolitical. Game time should be apolitical in every sport. It shouldn't be political in any way for anybody. That's not the time for politics during the game. That's my theory. 
during the week, before the game, utilizing the team's resources, utilizing their stadiums, utilizing their popularity, utilizing the players' resources and popularity, not a problem. If that can help in the community, if that can foster growth, if it can foster improvement, if it can foster better relations, God, we all know everybody needs it. But to me, make the games itself apolitical. The game should be about the game. That's the idea. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be entertainment. It's, you're not looking to get hit overhead with a message during the game. I think that's why the Academy Awards has become very unpopular. It's because people have been hit over the head during the Academy Awards to the point they don't want to watch it anymore. Tom in Massapequa. What's up, Tom? Hey, Mike. How you doing? Um, what's happening? Back to college, college football for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been hinting there's going to be an announcement. You think the league, you know. Uh, I, I've been hearing that the Ivy League is ready to go in the spring. I've heard that. Now, I don't know anything about the SEC, and they run the, uh, and they, and they rule the roost, okay? Obviously, they are the one that is the biggest driver of everything. I think the Ivy's ready to go in the spring, is what I've been hearing for a couple of days. Right. I've heard that. Because then who would even. Here's my thing. Who's. Who would even make that decision? It seems like the NCAA is kind of punted back to the conferences. The conferences have punted back to the schools themselves. You look at schools where the president's... The the NCAA is dead in this stuff. They're dead. They have no power in this thing. The leagues are going to do what they want to do. The leagues are going to do what they... The NCAA is going to run the NCAA tournament when they want to run it. Okay, the thing in college, they don't run a championship. The NCA, they they don't have a they don't have a championship. I mean, they have the little championships, but they don't have a big championship. So the bottom line is, they can't tell the SEC when to play in in, in college football. But they can obviously run the NCA tournament. Now they're not going to run it during the NCA tournament. You know that. Okay, so uh, they're going to avoid that. The question is, when do they start in December and finish before the NCAA tournament starts? Is that what they're looking to do? I don't know what the SEC is going to do. How does the SEC start, though, if they if they have no players or any students at the school? How are you going to play games there in front of empty stadiums? That doesn't work. How do you bring students? How do you bring football players in if you don't have students? You can't. And you can't. And either, you can't. Doesn't that seem like that that brings it back to being an individual decision by every. University and then what well, you can't. You have to make a decision by league. You can't. You need league. You need. You need everybody to be on the same page. You can't have. You can't have one school agree to one thing and another school agree to another. You need a league. So the, let's say the Ivies all agree they're going to play in the spring. They can do that. I don't know what the SEC is going to do. I have no idea. I, I, I don't even know if they know yet what they're going to do. If I had to guess, I would think the most likely thing is the SEC is going to or, or major college football is going to start in November. If I had to guess. And be finished before the NCAA tournament. And you think all the conference, the major five, would just somehow all agree to that? Like what? Is they will. The the the, the 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 what you call the what you call the what you call the Power Five. Okay, what we call the Super Sixty, whatever you want to call them. I think they will all be a block. They will they will do things as one. I think they will all do the same thing. The question is, what will they do? I don't know. When do you think we'll have any kind of decision on it? They're just going to wait, wait it out as long as they. Can. I think they want to wait it out as long as they possibly can. I think, but if they don't have students at the school, how could they possibly play football? Right, that's what I mean. Even if the conferences get on the same page, but you right. have one school that becomes a hot spot. What so if you're asking, if you put a gun to my head today, if you put a gun to my head today, Tom, and ask me when are they playing major, major college football? Talk about the Power Five. When are they playing this year? 
I'd say they play in, they start their season in November would be the, what I would suggest would be the most likely scenario. All right. That's what I would, that's what I would, you know, but nobody knows right now. Yeah. You know, because, you know, we don't know when these schools are opening. We don't know when they're, you know, uh, some of these colleges are are, are supposed to open in early August. Is that going to happen? I don't know. I really don't know. There's been a, to- a lot of conversation that the Ivy for football is going to say they're going to play next spring. That they're going to push their football season to the next spring in the next couple of days. Let's see if they move first. But, th- again, that's not Power 5. The Power 5 conferences are going to act as one. We know that because that's where the championships come from. So we'll see what happens. I just don't know yet. We, we, I, I don't know when the NFL – if you ask me, would you put a gun to my head, you ask me when the NFL is going to open. I think it will be October, middle of October. I don't think they'll open on time. That would be my opinion. And the NFL has already put that in place. They have that in place to play the Super Bowl the last Sunday in February. So they have, their, they have already put that season in place. They're no dummies. Who knows? Uh, again, we're playing this all by year, day by day. Every day, anything is possible. Casamigos Tequila, as always, uh, brings you uh, the program. Thanks to them for that. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.